Welcome back for another episode of Innovation Bites, but this one is a new series I announced a few weeks ago with the brilliant guest that was so well received by you guys. You asked for more, Dr. Helena Bosky. Welcome back. Hello, Aidan. It's great to be back. What we're going to talk about today is caffeine and coffee. And it's something we've touched on before on the show, but this is purely going to be focused on that because it has such a dramatic effect that we need to understand it. So many of us are, we understand that the neurochemicals melatonin ha has a huge impact on our sleep. It initiates sleep in some way, but we don't know about the other neurochemical, which is adenosine. And adenosine is affected and impacted by caffeine. Helena is going to enlighten the way for us today and spark us up with some brain bites. We can't really talk about coffee without first of all, thinking about what coffee is. And we all know it's one of the most popular drinks in the world. And uh, it's we know it's created by passing water over roasted coffee beans. Now, when this happens, re this releases a drug called caffeine, which is also one of the world's most consumed drugs. It's a psychoactive drug, which means that it alters brain function. And it's present in coffee, as we know, but it's also present in tea, energy drinks, and some chocolate. And even decaffeinated coffee contains some caffeine. And what's really interesting is that caffeine consumption is on the rise across all age groups. And because of the rise in energy drinks, younger people are now drinking more caffeine. So it's been the subject of a huge amount of research. And even earlier this year, the Harvard Business Review published an article on coffee. Is it good for us? Is it bad for us? What does it do for us? So how does it work in the brain? Well, if we think about all drugs um, that we take, and caffeine is a drug, uh, all drugs are designed to enable certain chemicals in the brain to be more active, and these we call agonists, or they're designed to block the activity of chemicals in the brain, and we call these antagonists. And even though we call coffee a stimulant, um, which which we would assume is an agonist, it actually works by blocking. So it's an antagonist, it's a blocker, and it blocks a chemical, a chemical as Aidan said, called adenosine. And adenosine builds up a bit like an hourglass. If you can imagine sand dripping through an hourglass, adenosine builds up during the day and makes us drowsy. So we need adenosine in the evening together with melatonin, which signals, it's like a starter gun for sleep, that's what melatonin is, but we need the steady buildup of adenosine to increase our drowsiness to help us go to sleep. So when we drink coffee, it blocks the effects of adenosine and this in turn affects other chemicals like serotonin and dopamine um, that, that also are occurring in the brain. And various studies over the last 30 years or so have shown how caffeine affects our cognitive function across all age groups. And children's studies are now being done because of the rising consumption of energy drinks. So I get asked questions, does it benefit the brain? And a lot of studies have said, yes, that coffee does benefit the brain. It's, you know, they show how coffee staves off dementia, protects against Alzheimer's disease, um, even uh, can prevent uh, tissue damage by free radicals and activate antioxidants. But it all depends on the type of coffee we drink. 
If we drink unfiltered coffee, this contains natural oils called diterpenes, which can increase our cholesterol levels. And this can, of course, increase the thickening and hardening of artery walls in the brain. So we do need to be selective about the coffee we drink. And we also need to remember that we're all different. Uh, you know, we need to get to know our own bodies and listen to how coffee makes us feel. If it doesn't make us feel too good, it probably means that coffee isn't good for us. Now, way back in the 15th century, um, was a guy working called Paracelsus, who was a contemporary of Leonardo da Vinci. And he said that everything is poisonous. Nothing is, is without poison. It's the dose that makes a thing poisonous or safe. So if we drink 50 cups of coffee a day, this isn't good for us anyway, even if we like the feel of coffee. So two to four cups a day um, is the recommended amount. Um, and if we're drinking coffee in the evening and we're having sleep problems, we need to be careful. Now, caffeine, because it dis it blocks the release of adenosine and the effects of adenosine, um, we and if you're having sleep problems, you absolutely need to stop drinking coffee by midday uh, because it can disrupt sleep. And for most of us, we should stop drinking coffee at least six hours before we go to bed. If you're having sleep problems, I would stop drinking coffee at midday anyway. And that gives you a nice long period to get that adenosine built up again. Uh, now, the other question I get is how early in the morning should we drink coffee? Now, we have another chemical that gets released to get us out of bed, and this is called cortisol. It's one of our so-called stress stress hormones or stress chemicals. And we need cortisol to get us out of bed in the morning. This is called our cortisol awakening response. And cortisol is really high first thing in the morning. And this keeps us alert. So we don't actually need coffee first thing in the morning. We've already got a lot of uh, a lot of cortisol in our system. And if we drink coffee on top of the cortisol, it can make us a bit more anxious and feel a bit more stressed. So perhaps the best time to drink coffee is mid to late morning when our cortisol level has started to lower and we need that energy boost. Um, now, it takes about 30 to 60 minutes for caffeine levels to peak in our body. So this is also, uh, you know, if we think about having a cup of coffee and then exercising, 30 to 60 minutes after having a cup of coffee is also a good time to exercise uh, because now we've got, we're feeling quite alert, quite energized, and uh, the caffeine is doing its thing. If we want a power nap in the afternoon, have a cup of coffee before heading off for your 30 minute power nap. And by the time you wake up, the caffeine has kicked in and now you've had your power nap, you've got your caffeine in your system, you're ready to go. But if you're if you're suffering from anxiety, I would I would recommend that you minimize the amount of caffeine or coffee that you're drinking uh, and reach for green tea instead. Because while green tea does contain um, caffeine, it only contains about a third of the caffeine that coffee has.
So that's it on coffee. I hope that's helped. And I hope it's given you some ideas about how much to drink, when to drink it, when it's best to drink it and what it does for us. I used to drink coffee so late in the day. And I used to love, you know, when you go out for a meal, I used to love the dessert and I'd get the dessert and coffee at the same time. And then I learned about coffee and the effects of caffeine and the fact that probably that brownie I was having had caffeine in it as well as the coffee. And I've changed how I do things with regards to coffee. But it always reminds me of what happens in innovation. And people on the show will be laughing at me, kind of goes, here he goes, bring it back to innovation again. But what caffeine is like is stealing from your future, as in, I'll have the coffee now, so I'll get some energy. So I'm able to complete that paper that I need to have in for tomorrow. But you're actually stealing from your sleep. And it's exactly what happens in organizations when they don't invest in their future, they're stealing from their future. And I just thought that was a nice little metaphor for what happens with coffee and caffeine. Helena, thank you so much for, for that. And I want to ask our audience, if you have a question about the brain, some myth or some wives tale that you've heard that you think is true, and maybe you're organizing things about that, please do drop us a line at admin at the innovationshow.io. We'll get that question to Helena and we'll cover that question in a brain bite in a future episode. But for now, Helena, absolutely gold, author of Why We Do What We Do. I highly recommend this book. It's got everything in it. It's like a manual for the brain. Dr. Helena Bosky, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Aidan.